Blog Talk Radio. On today's Mama Levitt Show, it's a Wednesday and we've made it to June. There's a lot of complex, difficult things going on in the world today. We aren't going to have any answers for you, but we will try to talk about it a little bit. It's one of our last weeks of academic work, so we'll talk about all this week's assignments in today's journal entry. We'll wrap it up with an, with an idiom and a dad joke. Today's Mom 11 show is brought to you by Swiftamine. If you find yourself suffering from vertigo due to Taylor Swift's music, try Swiftamine. Let's go. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Mama Levitt Show with everyone else. Season 1, episode 29. It's Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020. We've made it to June. It's week 12, school day 52, and overall day 83 of Coronacation. Reminder, you can subscribe to the Mama Levitt Show on iTunes or Spotify. Season 1 coming down to a close. We're coming close to the end of the wire here, Mama Levitt. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I am. Just woke up late. <laughs> yeah, we're all kind yeah. of. On yeah, a different I've been tired here. lately, like exhausted. Yeah, it's. I. It's yeah, Miss Mara, what's up? <laughs> I know. Well, it's funny. I was. I completely was about forty minutes late to an IEP meeting yesterday, Miss Lovett. So I'm like out of it. <gasps> I'm just. Oh. I'm just completely don't even know what time of day it is anymore. <laughs> I think this time of year is hard because if we were in regular school in June, I have other things I usually am doing at this time because I'm wrapping up the school year. And I yes. think that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I keep reminding myself that it's the end of the year anyways. So, like, this is the time when we get tired. And even though we've been here and, you know, it hasn't been exactly the same, we've still been – our brains have still been going overtime. So, yes. And we're tired. I think it's like yeah. it's like Pavlov's dogs. Like when we reach June, I think we've been teaching for long enough that our, our just <laughs> our brains and our bodies just like shut down. As soon as they see like June on that calendar. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're so I, right. It's true. It's, probably it's true. true. The whole school community gotta, gets like that. <laughs> I know. Yep. And, and we just, it becomes part of the culture and you just get used to it. Um, we got a birthday for today. Say happy birthday to Miss Mara. Miss Mara, who's 29 years old today. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. I am not 29. (laughs) Thank you. 29 again.
happy birthday, Miss Mara, and as happy 29th birthday again. And as we, I was going through the list, I thought we we should start um, shouting out some students with summer birthdays. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a few birthdays. So let's do some of the ones that are, are coming up a little bit later on in June. Oh, hold on, I missed this one. Um, all right, so happy birthday to a few students coming up. Happy birthday to Alina. Alina turns 14 on June 24th. Also, we have a birthday. Diana turns 15 on June 26th. And Andres is turning 14 on June 13th. And here's a fun fact. Chris Kibbett and Damian Ortiz have the same birthday. Huh? Same, same day, same year, June 14, 2006. Chris and Damian both born on Flag Day. Wow. Flag Day, 2006. So 14th birthday to Chris and Damian on the 14th, which is two weeks or so from now. Um, Louisa will turn 15 on June 15th. So there's our June birthdays. So that's our June birthdays for the whole eighth grade. You got Andres, Chris, Damian, Louisa, Aaliyah, and Diana. So there's our there's our June birthdays. And then we'll we'll wrap probably next week we'll hit some we'll hit our July and our and then our August birthdays as we're we're wrapping up the year. So happy birthday to everybody involved there. Good morning, Mr. Jaffe is joining us on the line. Good morning, morning, Mr. McGowan. Morning, Mr. Jaffe. Hi, good morning, uh, Miss Mark. Good morning. We got our usual. We got our usual crew. Still missing missing Miss Nado. Usual motley crew. It's a very much a motley crew. I like to think of it as an Algonquin roundtable of uh, of (laughs) sophisticates. Um, (laughs) what do you guys want to get to first? Do you want to do assignments for the week? Do you want to do current events, student questions? I don't really, I don't really know which order would be best. To kind of take these, Levitt. What do you think? What do you want to do next? What am I going to do next? For what? Like taking? What do you want to do? Questions first. We could do questions. We could do assignments. We could do current events discussion. Let's get through. Um, yeah, let's get through today's assignments. How about? How about that? Let's all right, we'll go assignment. through that real quick. Let's do that first. Yeah. So you want to talk? Why don't you talk about civics real quick? All right, so today, this week in civics, um, we are going to go through the first 10 amendments of the Constitution, which are known as the Bill of Rights. Um, These rights include things like freedom of speech, freedom of um, the right to assemble, and um, which is your protesting, um, your right to redress your your government, which is to um, let them know what you dislike about them if they're doing something wrong um, or ask them to do something. Um, you have your your um, right to bear arms. You have your um, which is also to protect against a tyranny, which most people don't realize. It's the whole idea of that. The Second Amendment is about um, the people have the protection to protect themselves against a tyranny government when when need to. Um, the Third Amendment, not quartering um, soldiers in your home, which is an oldie but goodie <laughs> that goes way back in English law. Um, and then your, your Fourth Amendment, your right to privacy, and then 
Um, your fifth and sixth amendment, I call your due process rights. These are your rights if you're going to be end up um, if you commit a crime um, and how you're criminally charged with it. And I think these are really important for people to understand what due process is, to understand why no matter what people do, no matter how much we have anger and how wrong it, things are, you have to look at the due process of how things are taken care of in this country. Um, and then our Seventh Amendment has to do with civil cases, which is funny because $20 seems like no money. Um, you have a right to a, a jury trial if you have a civil case, which is basically when we sue people in court um, or take care of disputes over things that are, have nothing to do criminally. Um, $20 back in 1790 was a lot of money. Um, today it's not, but um, you have the right to a jury trial for that as well. Um, and then eight, no cruel and unusual punishments or excessive bail. So like you can't like put somebody in jail for stealing, you know, a candy bar for, you know, 30 years of their life and you can't, you know, cut their, you know, pull out their fingernails or draw and quarter them, um, which, you know, things that they used to do back in the day. Um, and then like excessive bail also your bail, like if bail is what we call posting for, um, getting out of jail. Sorry, Mr. McGowan, I'm going over all this stuff. Um, bail is basically when you, when you get arrested and you're in jail before you, um, once you're formally charged, when you go before the judge and you're formally charged with your crime, um, they, the judge can determine if you can wait at home until your trial, but they usually ask for bail money to be posted to make sure you show up to get to trial. If you don't show up to your trial, the court gets to keep, the government keeps your money. Um, and then nine basically says that just because these rights are written down in the Constitution doesn't mean the people's rights that are not in the Constitution are still not protected. That, you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights can't cover everything, basically. And then 10 is basically any powers that are not listed in the Constitution for the um, states or limit the states in any way or what's not written in the Constitution that's for the federal government because the Constitution is setting up the federal government, um, goes to the states. And so you have a power, a, a slide, a Google slide presentation, which I'm lecturing on going over. There's good videos that I have. I put um, Supreme Court cases that go with um, different amendments cause, so that you can just familiarize yourself with them. And then there's an exit ticket. And instead of an uh, a article to read this week, I put a Law and Order episode um, for you to watch and do a little activity on. It's a good law and order episode. If you really pay attention to it after you go through, do your Google slides first, because if you do your Google slides first, you learn all your, like your due process rights and your amendment rights. And you'll start to see like habeas corpus mentioned, the appellate courts mentioned, they talk about your right to privacy and things like that. So like you'll start to see how cops operate and then how the lawyers take it after the courts, um, after the police, presents their information to the district attorney, and then they go ahead and charge people and take you to court. And you go from arraignment to formal charging, all the way to courts, and they do a court in this episode. So it's really good. The kids liked it last year. I love it, Miss Levitt. Law and order. <laughs> I, the episode we picked, I, I did it last year. I remember the kids loved it. They couldn't, for two days, I had them glued to my um, computer or to the, you know, watching this intently. And we know, last year's class didn't always like to, you know, 
wasn't always interested in everything. They loved the Bill of Rights when I, I wish I was in school doing this because I had all kinds of activities mm-hmm. and things like that. But they have, yeah. um, it's a great way to see it. Like you see the Bill of Rights being active in our country on a daily basis, like shows like Law and Order, which are really well produced, do teach you a lot of it. And it's like, but kids don't recognize it. And I think knowing your rights is very important. Most people don't. And that's like, they're going to watch a, a, a documentary about a court case on um, Miranda versus Arizona. And it talks about why the cops have to say, get, let you know what your rights are because people just don't know what their rights are. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting. I mean, I think of all weeks to pay attention in civics class, this is the number one week. <laughs> a lot of yeah. reasons. You know, I think, a lot like of you reasons. said, like, a lot of people don't know what their rights are. And no. The flip side of that is some people think they have rights that they don't actually have. Yes. Um, yes. They mistake you know, what a people, right they, is. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like, where do you, like, where do your rights, like what's the limits of your rights? So, you know, like, like we have, we have first amendment rights, but we don't have absolute freedom of speech. There's, there's limits to some of our freedoms and so all our freedoms have limits. And that's one of, and like, that's what the court cases get to. I mean, when I took a I took an educational law class when I was in grad school, and almost all of the cases are about things like the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, um, and then it gets into the Fourteenth, which is not the Bill of Rights, but it kind of applies but, to a lot of them. It, yeah, the Fourteenth. Yeah, 14th we'll talk is, about that uh, next week. That whole yeah, process week. it changes. Yeah, and the, the it, it, it extends the, to the state. Extends it to the state. So it's not just about the federal government. It's also the state and the local governments also can't deprive you of your rights. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that I, I, I find the bill of rights and obviously the third amendment is my favorite that you can't have. So you, you can't, <laughs> you can't be forced to keep soldiers in your home. Although just in case I, I, I had one I, living I with me for like a, a few years. Yeah. He yelled at me about <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> That was my brother, by the way. <laughs> I, keep, I keep extra supplies in the pantry downstairs uh, just in case I, a soldier ever shows up and needs to be quartered in my home. But, yeah, the third <laughs> amendment is, is kind of the most useless one. But I think it's because it's, it's, it's in the Bill of Rights. We never, yeah, we've, because we've never had to deal with it because it's in the Bill of Rights. And it's, yeah. it, it's never even been a part of, of American society. But, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about, I mean, a lot of kids will say that they have a misunderstanding of what it means to have free speech, what free speech means. Now, free speech, and, and you get that all the time, like, oh, this is a free country. This is a free country. <laughs> well, yeah, you, we have freedoms, but we also are living in a society. And so the court cases tell us, the Constitution says these are our freedoms, and the court cases tell us, all right, here's what we've decided are the balances to those freedoms, because you can't, you can't just live in a, in a world where everyone does whatever they want, because that would be anarchy. You can't, uh, exactly. You can't. De- you yeah. have to have balance, and you can't. De- and you can't deprive people of their life, um, liberty, and, and ownership of property in any way, regardless of what the Bill of Rights. You know that freedom of rights. So that whole idea of like, you know, if you, if you slander somebody and and publish it, and and like you can be sued for it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you had the right to say it, but you also are going to get sued maybe for it, and you might mm-hmm. end up paying a lot of money for it. <laughs> And with that First Freedom Amendment, too, things like, you know, going into a crowded movie theater and yelling fire or extorting money from people or things like that, where it's you can say, oh, it's my free speech. I can say whatever I want. Well, that's not necessarily true. There's there's limits to that. There's there's guidelines for 
how you can use your freedom. One thing I think is interesting when it pertains to schools is the Fourth Amendment when it comes to about search and seizure and kids in their rights to have, you know, and like by, by coming in, in the public school, you do you don't forfeit all your rights, but you do lose some rights. Like we can go through kids' lockers. We can go through kids' bags. Fascinating thing that I learned years ago is that cops can't do that. No, cops can't just stop you on the street for no reason and just search your bag. That's not permissible. But in school, once you walk through that door, you know, we have, for for our safety reasons, our safety interests, school officials have the right to search you. We We can search your pockets. We can search your locker. Like, there's no right, there's no expectation of privacy if you're in school. But if you're walking down the street, you have an expectation of privacy. If you're in your home, you have an expectation of privacy. And the government needs a, a real, what's the word, like a compelling interest, I think is the word. They that, need probable cause. Reasonable. Yeah, the government is going to take away your rights. They need to have like some kind of a compelling interest that they have to like demonstrate and has to be like narrowly. There's all these words that go in the court cases, narrowly tailored, compelling interest. And that's when the courts decide, you know, what are the limits? Yeah, reasonable, the difference between probable cause and reasonable suspicion Police need probable cause. School officials like us, we only need a reasonable suspicion. So that's why, like, if, you know, if we suspect that some, someone in the eighth grade might have something illegal in their locker, we can go through every single person's locker and look for it because we have a Listen reasonable suspicion. Yeah. And the police, though, if they have reasonable suspicion, that's when they go and get their warrant. So they have the right, right like, to, to, to get the warrant. And all this stems back to um, basically – colonial times when the British were just, they had what's called, um, I think it was a, this is a bill of attainer. They were just going into people's homes and they were looking and, and arresting people and um, yeah. a writ of assistance they had. And, and or, I'm forgetting the name, but they keep going. They would just go in and just search your home and say, aha. And then you've been smuggling, you know, paper into the city and, and then they would arrest you. So these are different things like, like, yeah. Why they're they're in there, and they were most of the state constitutions prior to the the um, U.S. Constitution being written. Mm-hmm. And it just guarantees it for for the whole for the whole country for all citizens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tomorrow's tomorrow's Thursday. Tomorrow's Zoom. Um, it'll be a good day for a lot of kids to come on, and because we could talk a lot about some of those. And we had questions about about your right. So if you want to do your reading or, or watch the watch the episode. And then come on tomorrow, Zoom with myself and Mrs. Levitt at 1 o'clock and Mr. Crowley and whoever else is around. Um, that would be a good thing to talk about because that's leading to some really good discussion about what your rights are and what your rights aren't. And some, there's a misconception sometimes, like some people think they have the right to do something and really they don't. One of the big things I've seen lately is some people out in public think that they have the right not to be filmed. Like you can't film me without my permission. And that's absolutely not true. You know, if you're in, yeah, if you're they out can't in, publish. They can't publish it though. Yeah, but like, right, but they have the right. But if if you're in public, you don't, you don't have a reasonable right to privacy. Now, if you're on, if you're on, now there's there's questions about like does school count as public? You know, does like inside a private store count as public? But if you're walking down a public street, you know, you don't you you can't just say, oh, I don't give you permission to film me. Yeah, you can. That, no, you can't do that. You can say, I can but tell you, you not to film me. 
Yeah, no, you don't have you. You can ask them, but like they don't have to stop. They have, you, you don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy in, but in public. It, but a TV crew can't just go and film you and put it on camera just because you're in a public space. They can't put it on TV. Um, you, have to, I, I, you have to sign. You usually have to sign off on things. You have to give well, a, I don't a know. disclosure. See, That's why they I, block out faces on some of those TV shows yeah. and stuff you watch. It's, I think it's not as it's not as it's not a clear cut as 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 you're making it sound. It, there are some. Yeah, I'm, there's so much. There's, there's a lot of like legal liabilities. There's with a it, lot of gray lines and on it. there, but not even like TV crews. Just like someone like in general, like taking like your picture. Like if just if like another citizen like takes your picture, and like you like you don't have that expectation of privacy. You know, you, you not if you're if you're in public. If you're on your own property, then yeah, you have an expectation of privacy. If you're in your home, you do. But like, I think people just have yeah. You, you're right. There's all kinds of like legal like precedents and things where it comes to like the media and like televised news. Um, but when it comes to just like people in general, I think there's a lot of misconceptions as to like what your rights are versus what your rights aren't. Anyway, yeah, lots of, you know, this just in like 10 minutes, we've, we've hit like ton, we've hit like five different ways that the bill of rights like affect us on a daily basis. Um, so yeah, I would say to you tomorrow on our, our zoom would be a great time to, for any, anyone to jump on and we can talk about some of those and, and ask some questions about that. Um, Mr. Jaffe, what do you got going on for this week for science? So we have a uh, bridges, uh, one of the ending standards in science. Sometimes if uh, when we're in school, we build them, but we're not going to do it this year. Um, we might actually build them online next week, but it's just learning about three types of bridges, arch bridges, beam bridges, suspension bridges, what holds them up, what, what are the forces, compression, tension holds them up, what kind of forces try to tear them down, like torsion and shearing, and um, some videos by me explaining the forces. I'm still not ready for prime time, but there I am. And um, <laughs> some uh, video about bridges. You know, bridges can be really, really beautiful look, uh, looking. And um, and that's it. Bridges this week. Jognog on bridges. Hyperdoc on bridges. Oh, we're finishing the uh, H2O molecule um, series this week. And uh, and that's it. I think I did. And then there'll be a quiz tomorrow. I'm going to post a quiz on bridges tomorrow. It's so it's so interesting about bridges because like you think of so many cities and like this iconic images. Like every, anytime you see Boston, right. there's always like the Zaykum Bridge in the background. So the Zaykum Bridge now is is considered Boston more yeah. so than What's like your, the public on the swan boats. Mr. Jaffe, do you have a personal favorite bridge? Um, you know, I like the George Washington because I've gone over it a lot of times, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just kind of cool to see it. But uh, one of the bridges I don't like is a, is the Mystic with the Tobin Bridge. It's kind of an ugly bridge over the uh, ugly, you know, going in and out of Boston from the North Shore. Yeah, uh, ugly. But the Zaykin Bridge is very cool. I must admit, it, 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 it's even cooler when it's lit up at night. Mm-hmm. It's cool in that in the park that goes from uh, Charlestown over to Cambridge. It's called North Point, and you can walk. You can go under the Zaykin Bridge. And it's just right. Cool, like, the bike, uh, the bike. Um, my wife and I have biked over there. Yeah, and over by the Museum of Science, it links up to like the bike path. Um, it's yes, it's very. It's that, that's that's probably the coolest bike path we've ever been on. You think of cities like you know San Francisco and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is known as like the city of bridges. Like I've been, I went to Pittsburgh. Yeah, they, they have beautiful bridges there. Right, right. Uh, yeah. What are the two rivers that? What are the three rivers there? 
the Allegheny, the Ohio, the Monongahela. Monongahela, yeah. Wow, yeah. good for you. Well, the, the Ohio is the is like the the Allegheny and the Monongahela meet up and form the Ohio and go out the other. I mean, I was Correct. just there a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's why. <fine. laughs> underrated city, yeah, by the free. way. Very so that's very. So, uh, this week is very bridges. Um, traditionally, uh, uh, bridges are kind of the last standard we cover in in eighth grade in science. So um, uh, we'll come up with something for next week. But um, we usually would be doing a. Um, I hate you know to even talk about it like a cool project in um, um, in the lab, but uh, it's just uh, you know not going to happen this year. I don't know but, the house um, construction. Uh, we do the house, yeah, and then we do a, sometimes we'll do a quick bridge build too, but mm-hmm. and see if we can. The, the best part is see if we can you know uh, uh, make them come down with bricks, but we're not going to do it this year. But anyway, there's uh, there's some brick assignments. I mean brick assignments. There's some bridge assignments. And um, do Friday. That's it. And I, are we doing Kahoot on Thursday? Yeah, wasn't that the plan? So we're gonna do. We'll do, okay. um, we'll do Zoom. We'll do uh, ELA Civic Zoom at one o'clock, and then Kahoot immediately after that at two o'clock. So hopefully we'll get okay. some. Okay. And I'm gonna um, anybody with uh, issues or questions for Bridges. What what are you guys doing a Zoom today? No, tomorrow. No, I am. Ms. Levitt, ha- yeah, Ms. Mara has uh, one, and Ms. Nido has one. Yeah, for, what time is yours, Ms. Mara? I'm doing 12.30. I'm going to do some civic stuff with my kids. And I also right, learn so a lot I'm, from I'm that, too, two, so I I'll like do to a, do it, I'm going to do a 2 o'clock Zoom with uh, uh, science questions and comments and just hanging out. So 2 o'clock today, we'll do, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it up in the classroom. We'll, we'll All right. Do a, uh, Anybody have any questions, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Sounds good, Miss uh, Miss Mary. We're in full refugee mode still, right? What what chapter were we you are, on? Definitely, yeah. So we are reading chapters twenty. Well, yesterday we read chapters twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, um, and then this week they're gonna have do, I believe it's thirty. Or through like the next nine chapters. I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I'm working on getting all those posted up uh, for next week. But we did a Zoom yesterday. We read those chapters. They have the chapter response questions and the quick quizzes due for those chapters. And then today, uh, sorry, in math, we are learning about square roots and reviewing exponents. Um, and that's going to get us ready for um, doing some triangle work the following week with the Pythagorean theorem. All right. Sounds good. And for my ELA class, we should be finishing up the reading of refugee up to chapter 53 is the end. I know it sounds like a ton of chapters, but like we talked about all along, each chapter is very short. So I mean, five, six pages max. And then um, I do want people to read the author's note at the end. So I also recorded that chapter uh, just some, it, it, it gives it, Alan Gratz gives some thoughts about the actual historical background of, especially of Joseph's chapter, because a lot of it was based on real events in history. The MS St. Louis was a real ship. Um, some of the other, some of the characters were based on actual people that were, that were on the journey uh, from Germany to Cuba and then brought back to Europe. 
and then dispersed among certain countries. Um, estimated a couple hundred of the passengers died in the Holocaust. A lot of other ones went safe, especially ones that ended up in the United Kingdom. So that's kind of like the PS to that. It gives you a lot of background. I enjoyed listening and or reading to the Mahmoud section of the author's note because I learned a lot about kind of the basics of the Syrian civil war and the Syrian conflict. And I think you had said this once, Miss Mara, like we see it in the news, we hear about it, but it's because it's so new and it's so, it's so like fresh and it's ongoing. Uh I don't really have it all grasp. Like, I feel like I know a lot. I feel like I have the whole Nazis world war two dynamics down you know, because we've been studying yeah. it for 80 years as a, as a culture. But the Syrian thing is this ongoing. Um, and when Alan Gratz wrote the book, I think it was 2017. So it's still been three years of development since then. So it's a lot to, it's one a lot thing to kind I like, of... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say the one thing I do like about, um, well, not like about the crisis, but like as I'm reading it, it's so anytime they mention like a refugee camp in either Greece or Turkey or, you know, being on the boat or the dinghy, um, I can just look up online and show the kids pic- like real pictures. It was so yeah. well documented, you know, because it is mm-hmm. so modern that I'm like, they're like, oh, that was like a real thing. I'm like, yeah, like everything that was mentioned here is, you know, was all over the news a few years ago. Um, so that's like, I think helps to bring it closer to them. And I honestly, I feel like this pandemic and what's going on now, right now with racial tensions, it all ties in like really well with the novel to relate, to be like, see how Joseph felt here. Like that could be how some people are feeling in this situation. Um, so yeah, it's really a relevant, like time relevant novel for these kids. It really is, too. And, you know, I, I just started watching last night. I started watching a show on HBO called The Plot Against America. Levy, you ever heard about that? It was, it was a Philip Roth novel. Yeah, I've heard of the name from Philip Roth. Yeah, someone. But I, um, never read, I never read the book. I just know because I went yeah, to the bookstore. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, but just in terms of, 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 like, seeing, like, parallels between things. I have a friend I used to work with. Um, she just, she texted me yesterday and said, Hey, have you seen the plot against America? And it's, it's, it's a book from, by Philip Roth and it was turned into a HBO miniseries and it literally just aired between March and April of 2020. And it's this, it's this like alternate history of world war two where FDR loses the 1940 election to Charles Lindbergh, who runs on a platform of isolationism and Nazi sympathizing. Um, and then just sort of like how, that would have like changed an experience and it was written it's like written as a memoir from of by philip roth like from his childhood as if like it would have been happening but like you i I was watching two episodes last night and like miss mara said like you see so many parallels between things from history and things that happen today it just reminds you like how why it's so important to read and to be aware of things and to think and to know history Mm. and know what's going on in the world today and, you know, we have a conversation with our with students yesterday and, you know, one in particular said, oh, I don't, I, I don't like to read in any form. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> no, made you want, you make you sad. It makes you, makes, makes me really sad to hear. I mean, like, I get it. You're in your house, you're kind of trapped. You've got Xbox, you've got Nintendo 64, whatever they call it these days, <laughs> you know, you've got all kinds <laughs> of like, 
you got all I just, just totally did myself. You got all kinds of video game systems. You got Netflix. You got Disney Plus. You know, you, you have so many ways. But it's it is like so important just to to read and to see what's out there. And that's why like for Monday's journal entry, where I didn't want to give the kids anything specific to read. I gave them one. I gave them one um, article just from Boston.com, just as like a, a a news thing of the previous night from Sunday night. But I didn't want to like tell and you know, read this, read that, read this, read that. You know, I want for the your journal from Monday. I want you to go out and read as much as you can. And don't I put in the thing? Don't rely on memes. Don't don't look at memes or or um, you know, like little quotes here and there. Or social media. Go off social the media. <laughs> get off social, yeah, go off social media. Don't rely on like memes and social media posts. Like go out and read some like what actual people are saying on any different on any side. You know, from any find as many as yeah. you can and then like, write some thoughts down. There were some really good I, I, there were some really, really good journals that I've read so far. Some people really put some good time into it. I put a couple in the back of the show notes but I probably you probably can wait until Friday before we really get into that um, discussion, because it's just such an ongoing situation. It really is. It's still like it unfolding is. in front of our eyes. It is. And that's why, like, you know, Monday, you know, I, I was just like, I don't know if we could have a show today just because there's just so much going on. I know we're like, we're all busy. We had to go into school and stuff. And, but also just for talking purposes, like, I don't even know how really to talk about what's going on. So I think we can probably table that for a couple of days. I've got some really good questions mm-hmm, from yeah. students. That's a good I've idea. Got, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I've got, I've got 25. It's too, it's too fresh. It is. Yeah. It's, 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 it's too fresh. And this is why it's tough because like if we were in school right now, you know, we'd be, we'd have kids having all kinds of questions and discussions and you know, part of you think oh, like, Oh, yeah. well, we need to pause and we need to like talk about that. But you know, life has to go on at the same time. So I think it's a good idea just to think and process for a couple more days. Um, I do have a question from Manny A. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. I, no. I guess you could really, Mary. I think you could you could you could table it into the category because it's in between two slices of bread. But it's not like it's it's a it's a, a what do you call it a bun, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's well, a sub. But if you order I've if you order like a meatball sub, if you order something in a sub roll, that's not a sandwich. That's a that's a sub. So I people call it a sandwich from the Midwest. Mr. Jeff, what do you think? These are the questions hot, we hot really need to grapple with. Yeah, I I go with sandwich. You know, I just think it's. Uh, it's just a different, uh, a different shape, right? Yeah, Mr. Jaffe. I say hot dog is hot dog is not you a know, sandwich. Hot dog is not I mean, a sandwich. It's just yeah. a metric yeah. shape, you know. You know, it can be, you know, uh, uh, a tetrahedral or, uh, or uh, you know, cube, but it's still just a different shape. But Wait, it's still a. Marriage science tie-in. Marriage. You say, um, you said that it's not a sandwich, right? No, even when I, even no. when you do it like the old school way and use like a slice of bread to, as a bun, like I still don't consider that a sandwich. Yeah, no, that's because a sandwich needs two pieces of bread to to make a sandwich. Yeah, I'm I'm on Team but Mara. For I used to put two pieces sandwich. of bread. You just cut that hot dog and you put it in. <laughs> well, that's different. Right. My mom used to do it the long way with leftover hot dogs. Put it, put ketchup on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could you, know, you could I, totally I, turn it into a sandwich. 
I usually just have a jam sandwich for lunch. You know what a jam sandwich is? You take two oh, pieces of bread what? and you jam them together. <laughs> there you go. That's one less dad joke for the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Love it, Mr. Wow, Jackson. you got burned, <laughs> Mr. McGowan. You know, I was just thinking when you were talking about, um, you know, uh, the searches. Uh, uh, in New York City, they used to do stop and frisk. Yeah. So wh- 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 Probably what, uh, what was the criteria, Ms. Le- anybody, Ms. Mara, Ms. McGowan, what was the criteria that the police officers used to stop you? Was it the color of your skin or did they have to see like a, a gun sticking out of your pants? Do you recall? Because they yeah, don't have a gun, gun sticking out of your pants. They would have probable cause to arrest you. Yeah. They don't need That's to definitely stick. probable cause. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Jaffe, oh. I think with the stop and frisk, I think if I recall from, from reading, um, it, it was a real that, law. It was a real had law, to be like, it? If they were loitering around the corners like, like, like that, like, where, you know how you see like I hate to say this because I've seen it, but like, you know, the, the people selling drugs on the corners and people just rolling their car up and stuff like that. There were like different. Oh, that kind of thing, really? I think there was some. But, I, it, it could have been even more. I don't know. Like, like, but I thought it had to look like they were like kind of almost doing something. And then they could just, they okay. could just, they would, they would, yeah. I think they so just couldn't go up to you in the street up. and say, hey, because then they would definitely have to have some sort of, I mean, your Fourth Amendment issue. Um, I'm surprised if it, because if that was the case, then, you know, that could have gone up to the Supreme Court, the, the, the law. Has the law ever yeah. been challenged in court? That, stop I don't, it for I don't know. Law, it's not in effect anymore because the mayor, one, the new mayors have taken it out. Blasio um, said, "Forget about it." Right? Yeah, but my point is, is like, is was it ever? Mm. It's it was ever challenged in court or not? So to get challenged in court, someone had to have gone through and been arrested in something. And usually, you because like even like when you look back at Rosa Parks, like the challenge in the court started like because she went on the, the bus and got arrested, and it was from the arrest that they started the challenge through the courts. Because you can't mm-hmm. appeal a court until you actually go through your trial first because you're appealing the legal grounds of the case. So the kids listening, okay. like, maybe you can explain what it means. Like, stop and frisk was a policy that was put in place in New York City, and it was under the when Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who was mostly in the 1990s. And New York City had had, prior to the 1990s, a oh, massive You don't want to go to New York. Time. Horrible, <laughs> right. horrible. Massive, and it was. I mean, the re- the reputation of New York City was that of just kind of like a lawless kind of place, and so the Gotham, the city, yeah, the, right, like like Gotham, like the original Batman movie was was New right, York City. Exactly, that's a perfect basement. analogy. It was Gotham. And um, what what ended up happening was the police they started doing a it was a it was a crime prevention or a, a crime theory for the '90s called the broken windows theory, which meant that. The, the philosophy is if you take care of all the little things and if you address all, cause they were letting a lot of the little things go like graffiti and like broken windows, like, and, and right. only looking at bigger issues, so to speak. Um, but the theory yeah, was, if you kids, uh, yeah, the jump, jump the subways, turnstiles, you know, when the, uh, and you know, wouldn't pay for the, for the affairs and, right. and they would just they let them crack down on it. Yeah. And then they would just let them go because like, Oh, we have bigger things to do like murders, things like that. 
But the philosophy of broken windows is that if you if you crack down on the little things, it will eventually trickle up and it'll just make the quality of life for many people better. And I, I think the stop and frisk was it it was sort of a um an outgrowth of that policy. Right. That if you if you kinda like made people a little bit afraid to be carrying things like illegal things in public if they, there was more risk of that that they would be less likely to do it now that is true but of course the constitutional issue is people still do have a right to, to privacy and an expectation yeah. of, right. of so that it made it really just I don't want to get into like a huge thing on this but I did I, no, gotta, no, I, gotta, I, I was just thinking of it when you were talking no, we should just, just, I just like just yesterday, I got a text from a friend of mine um, who I went to college with, um, African American guy. So he's from New York City, and he just said as part of it, he was sent me sent me like a long text, just sort of you know sharing some thoughts about like the whole issues that are going on in our country these days. Um, he says, "quote How can I state that as a fact? Because in my time on this planet, I have personally been a victim of stop and frisk at least four times." Have you ever had a police officer stop you just because of the color of your skin? Were they acting out of fear? Possibly. Either way, every incident was scary as blank, and all four of them were unjustified. Two of them, I was in basketball gear. I almost got arrested for not having my ID. So to be clear, I got stopped for no reason because I didn't look in their direction. I wasn't running from a crime, nor was I committing any crimes. I was a victim of a law put in place by Giuliani, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, this was – it's – something that you know my friend had, had personal experience on very controversial because it goes it into the under- fourth amendment rights oh yeah yeah and, and, and that disproportionately um because of where where the, the focus was was in a lot of the minority neighborhoods too so like yes your, your yeah. friend you know like with that statement so it, it's kind of you know well, that's the reason why, just to go back to that, that's why I love it. We need to know about our First Amendment. We need to know about our Bill of Rights. We need to know about our freedoms. Yeah, and people it's very need to important. Be yeah, because there are certain, the, the, the police do have certain rights as agents of the law, but they're not absolute. They're not ab, they don't have absolute rights. They have, yep, and you know, they'll they learn, have, like, it's funny because the map, for, and when they, I have a video on map versus Ohio, and it, and it talks about, like, the, the woman knew her rights, and she said, no, you're not coming in my house. Yeah. And they were, look, they I were mean, looking for a suspect bomber or whatever, and, and they thought they were hiding out in the house, but it was like, she knew it. I mean, like, but, I mean, they came back in, and they gave a fake warrant, which um, causes, you know, this other, other problems. I don't want to give it away for the kids to watch the video. I'll talk about it on Zoom. But, um, you know, that whole, that concept of, like, um, you know, you, if you know your rights, at least, like, you, you put people off guard. Like, you can't do that. That's against my Fourth Amendment right, you know. And, mm-hmm. like, like you, you need to know your rights. It, 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 in, in, the, in one of the things, too, and it, it mentions, like, when you, the framers, when they made these, wanted to make it difficult for, um, I think Justice Black said it when he was going over, when he was being interviewed, they wanted to make things difficult for people to be arrested. They didn't want to, to protect people from just being, so it wasn't so easy to be arrested and thrown in jail. Like it had to be difficult because in this country you're presumed innocent no matter what. They have yeah. They have to prove you guilty. It's not the other way around where the, the, the defendant mm-hmm. has to prove themselves innocent. It's all on the prosecution. It goes, sorry, Ms. Mara, go ahead. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I was, and I know we're tabling this 
until Friday, but something I'm thinking about is like, yes, it's, it is, you're right. So important to know what your rights are. And like, I, I, I feel a little bit shameful that I like don't know them all. And I need, that's like part of my self-learning that I'm going to be doing. But like, I think part of the thing too, is like, when I watch some of these videos, it doesn't, a lot of these people know their rights and they state them and then they're ignored. So yeah. that to me is like p- part of the bigger issue yeah. going on. It's like only half the battle to know your rights. And then it's like, okay, well, are they going to be respected? Well, in a lot of these cases, they're not. So mm-hmm. very and hard to see. One of my biggest thing I like to say too, is when we watch things on news and we hear medias and stuff like that. And I like how Mr. McGowan said, look at all different stuff because you get such different perspectives from all over when you hear different from different areas. And then you get to feel what really is going on because the reality is unless you're there, you, we don't, we don't know. We only know what people are telling us or what we're hearing. And I, and and I'm, and that's why sometimes I don't like to speak and give opinions on these things because I'm just not there. And it's like, you got to know what's yep. going on 100%, and you can't get 100% from just one source. And, and I think that's I, generally – For no, everything. I, I so agree. I, th- I think it's generally, like, such a good tip because, for me, as outraged as I am at some of these things, I've, I've been forcing myself to look at some of the other news outlets just to get that balance, to be like, okay, if I'm going to have an argument against this, I need to know the strongest argument on the opposing side and then I need to try to figure out, can I tear that argument down? Because it's not enough to just look at news that kind of bolsters your own opinion nothing's on things. Black, you're right. And nothing's black and white. It, 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 there's so many grays there and so many fit different various situations and everything. You can't just paint everything. And that's what I always get fearful of because that's when we, we start to paint everything as one thing. We start to, it causes problems. <laughs> Right. It can't, you can't have conversation. And, and I put, it's funny, for next week I put a video on Plessy versus Ferguson. The heirs of Plessy and Ferguson end up meeting, and this was just put out, like, in February this year, and they talk about how do we come together to make change in this, and they had all this wonderful stuff about race relations and things like that, and I'm like, oh, like, here, this is so interesting, considering, like, Plessy versus Ferguson is the case that caught, that basically said segregation was equal and um, didn't get overturned until Brown versus the Board of um, Education in Topeka, Kansas in the 50s. So I think Plessy was in 1879. 18, I want to 1890 something, I think. Okay. So it was at the end of Reconstruction mm-hmm. when the feds were pull- It was right after the feds pulled out of Reconstruction. And Wasn't so, that and, the um, riding on the train or the, on the yeah, train car? He, yeah. He was, yeah, he was, he could pass as a white person and, um, cause he was not, he was, he was, um, half black and half white and he, he, they just, they did it on purpose. He purposely sat on that car because they wanted to challenge the law in court. Yeah. And, and then Justice Tani or Tani, um, he's, he was very much a segregationist person, racist person. And like, it was a bad decision. Like that decision really, if I, 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 I'm starting to get convinced that if that the Plessy versus um, Ferguson decision went the other way, like justice Harlan, the dissenting opinion, which was used to overturn it in Brown. Um, if they went with Harlan, our, I think our country might've been in a different place. For sure. That was a huge 
that, that was a huge thing. I remember I thought I told you how I we read the the dissent from Justice Harlan, um, either yeah. in high school or college. I remember that. But yeah, know you. Powerful. I would, I would like our I would like our students for today's journal entry to write something W R I T E to write about <laughs> right. Um, so I'm trying to think of how we, how we can word like get, why don't you, like get their thoughts about it like what are yeah, your that's... thoughts just like almost like just let them like vomit like a diary. That's what we all need to do right now. Yeah, that's kind of what I assigned um, on Monday. Was just write your thoughts, almost just just kind of a free write. And because I had I, can, I had one I of did my that myself for Monday them. night. And one of my questions I did have for them was like, what what do you think would happen if you didn't have these due pro- like I did stuff like what do you think might happen if you don't have these due process rights? Like you know why are they so slow? You know like so difficult? You know like what's the purpose of it? Like what would happen if you didn't have these rights? How would it, what would our country look like? And as bad as sometimes people think it is, and like right now in our current climate, it seems really bad. But comparatively, even though the world wants to make us look really bad right now, but comparatively, like where other countries, like people don't have these due process right. Like China goes in and like like they the Uyghurs, which are basically living in Western China that are that are Muslims, they get just arrested and taken to reeducate quote unquote yeah. reeducation right. camps which are prisons, some of them end up being, you know, organs taken from them, like when they need to do organ transplants, like, oh, we need some, let's grab this guy and like, let's get some transplant. And like, it's not pretty at, at, at all. <laughs> That's like oh, from reading Refugee and, you know, some of the countries that they travel through on their way to Germany, just the experience and some, like they don't have, they don't have guaranteed rights for the, for their citizens you know turkey no. turkey Tur- compared to syria turkey was like a paradise turkey is like an authoritarian right. country with like yeah. a, with like their own issues with their own leadership but i would like yeah let's let's so students listening for today's journal um let's i want you to free write something about your rights like what do you know what don't you know what maybe what maybe do you want to know about your yeah, rights? questions about it and stuff questions like that. Questions that you yeah. have? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, questions you have about your rights or just if you want to write about some things we talked about earlier about, like, your rights in school. Like, you don't give up all your rights when you walk into a public school building, but there are, there are limits. You know, there are limits to your – like, you don't have an absolute right to freedom of speech in school. You don't have an absolute right to privacy in school. Um, and there's there's reasons for that. So maybe you can write about some of your thoughts on your rights in school. Or did you even know that people from school can search your bag at any time, search your locker at any time? Even at the high school, when you're going to have a lock on your locker, you know, school officials can have a key to all the lockers. We can go in at any time. I would just open up lockers and go through bags and we'd find stuff. And you could open up anyone's locker. Some kids would get in trouble that way because for various reasons and just it's it's you don't have a right to to privacy so we can write about that i think it's a great discussion we've been going for 50 minutes now just just straight through about about our rights and responsibilities my last year when i taught the bill of rights to kids this is their very because last year was my first year teaching civics this is their very favorite part of the whole entire year i i had to keep reminding them that i am not an attorney (laughs) and i'm not a constitutional (laughs) lawyer like it's like 
I, I spent a lot of time, like we, like I do, I, I read a lot, a lot in the last two years over the Constitution, especially dealing with rights and court cases, it's listening to, to, to lawyers, constitutional lawyers, and, and tabletop discussions that our students would find extremely boring to sit and listen to for an hour and a half. But I find them very um, informative and enlightening. <laughs> You'll learn a lot. There was a case. It wasn't the Tinker case, but I remember when I was at my favorite school in graduate school at Boston College was called Educational Law and Public Policy. And we did a case. Is it the Hazelwood case after Tinker in 1980? No, not the Hazelwood case. About the newspaper? It was that one, too, because that one came up there, too, the Hazelwood case. But also the the one about free speech was called Bethel versus Frazier. Yeah. And it it was the Bethel School District. I think it was in New Jersey. And the kid named Frazier was his last name. And he went to give a speech at an assembly um, and he was like, they were doing like a student election and he was, his speech was saying that they should vote for his friends for, for class president. And his speech was riddled with all kinds of like sexual innuendos and dirty jokes and all these other, and it was just, it was a farce and the kids were laughing and he just used all these like double entendres, you know, words that mean two things that they they have a dirty meaning and they also have a, a regular meaning. And mm-hmm. he got suspended for that. And he got, I don't know if he got taken, he got some taken from a, an activity or whatever. And his parents sued the school district for infringement on his freedom of speech rights. And the Supreme court said mm-hmm. that the school was completely within their rights to suspend him because they, because when, you know, when you're in a public school setting, you don't not, do not have an absolute right to free speech. Yeah. And if your assembly, if your speech is disruptive, yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's disruption a, that's in, the, in the learning process is the big, is is the um, what do they call it? The that's the litany, yeah, that, basically. That's the litmus test. Is it is it is it disruptive to the school process? Is it to, to the educational process? Like when you do the Tinker case, when the kids wore the armbands into school to protest the Vietnam War, and the court ruled that that was not disruptive to the educational process, and so the school had no right to suspend them. But if you get mm. a kid who comes into school wearing a shirt with like an F word on it. Oh, like we, we have, had the issue last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and it's like, right. But then, but then a lot of kids don't know their rights and they'll argue like, what? It's, it's a free country. I can wear whatever I want. Well, it's, you're right, but you not can't. Not at school. No. Yeah. Yeah. Not at school. And the, like, the difference is this, like, like it would be, here's where it would get to be a difficult case. Like, if a if a if a student wore like a Make America Great Again shirt, the school can't just say, "Oh, we don't like Trump. You have to turn you have to, you have to turn that shirt inside out." Correct. But then it becomes it becomes problematic when, well, what if another student sees that and they get in an argument and they start fighting back and forth? And was it the shirt that was disrupted? I don't, so it's one of these things. It could go the other way, too. Like, you know, someone could wear a shirt that says a, a political message from the other side that someone else doesn't agree with. They could, and then that could start, that could become disruptive. So usually we, we ask people, like, you know, not to wear things that are, like, political in nature because it's really just designed to start an argument. And arguments like that are disruptive to the educational process. That's why, like, wearing the armbands, I, I feel like if that case had come up today, I feel like the Supreme would have said it was would, okay to send them. Well, I think that's funny you said that because if, if that's the case where you, if you're, I don't think political shirts, I think in our current climate today, 
because of the divisiveness between parties, I would definitely say yes to what your statement about that. But I think in the past, I think people could, it was just to show like support of what they are and advertising somewhere in a political button. Um, And I think people were more, which is what the armbands were. It was their political like button saying we're against this Vietnam war. So, Mm -hmm. but it, it didn't cause disruption and disruptiveness, and it, and it shouldn't. Right. It's, uh, unfortunately, you're right. Today, um, in our political climate, you know, people are so triggered by things they don't because they're because it's such a you against me, you know, or like you're the bad people, we're the good people, like and, and versus the you know like like mm-hmm. sitting down talking opinions and policies, which is just differences of how you want to govern versus bad good to be honest and and but we've made it a bad good thing and that's important people understand that because i think that's why people get so angry and stop being reasonable and use Mm -hmm. their common sense and to think a little rationally it's just differences of how you think things should have policy It's, it's governing it's been there forever there's been huge differences since the founding of this country there's been differences in how you, this country should be run in the government and stuff so no. alexander hamilton versus thomas jefferson you know just oh, huge just different philosophies and, and the, 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 you had the federalist the anti-federalist um for, what's his name uh charles sumner was beaten almost to death on the floor of the u.s senate over yeah. his, his with, a cane. with a cane over what was his name uh the south carolina senator uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. was that, that was that was no, the post Civil War during Reconstruction. James Prescott, just a pre- beat, yeah, almost beat Massachusetts Senator Charles Sumner to death in the floor right. of the U.S. Senate over an anti-slavery speech. It's like those are. But, but, this has been around. Sumner got a tunnel named after him that goes to the airport. Yeah, <laughs> the Sumner, the Sumner Tunnel, right? Um, yeah, so and right. And the irony about the whole thing, Mr. McGowan. Is Sumner was a Republican and the other guy was the Dem, and right. and, and that's the irony of the whole entire thing. Look, is all, that, all the anti, weren't, weren't all the anti-slavery people Republicans were the party of anti-slavery? Absolutely. Right. The anti-slavery, but that was the party. Uh, they were the party of Lincoln. The, the, the and, day and that Grant Martin really Luther King, was trying to keep uh, the day that Martin Luther King died. He was a registered Republican. He was a Republican. Yeah, a- absolutely. Mm-hmm. No one knows that, but he was a Republican. And it yep. all shifted. And that's a whole like political science class about the 60s and the Civil Rights Act and the, and with the Nixon and the, the Southern strategy and like Lyndon Johnson. Well, wow, that's amazing. Exactly. Like, how how they got happened. to shift people's minds. And there's people out there today that talk about that and that shift of like, you need to be a free thinker. Stop just voting for a party because of mm-hmm. One way or another, like, and the people don't know their history and stuff like that. that. And yeah, like, history is important a, a to learn. Republican state. Massachusetts, yeah, Massachusetts was a staunchly re- Republican state. We were, we were anti, think, anti-slavery. And once right. it was the first Republican was, senator appointed, where were they from, Mr. J- um, oh, I forget where they were from, but they were, I mean, right after the Civil War, during Reconstruction, the first African-American senator was appointed who was, it was a Republican and it was a Republican legislature that put them into the U.S. Senate for the first time. Yeah. Most kids don't right. know that there were, that yeah. it happened be- way before the 
after you know modern yeah. times in the, the 60s civil rights movement first, and there's been the several civil rights acts trying to be put in place through yeah. which republicans try to push through earlier so it's interesting how things you know are flopped or perceived politics is politics it's a whole other animal people don't realize yeah for sure I mean, just look at the, the first Democratic president, Andrew Jackson, probably the most one of the most vile people to ever uh, to ever occupy the White House. They're, they want they got to get him off the twenty dollar bill and replace him with Harriet Tubman, I think. Good, get him off. He's a war warmongering uh, racist. He was bastard. a bad guy. <laughs> He's not a well, good not a good guy. Well, I not think a good I think. I think Ms. Ms. Levitt can probably talk about the nuances. It's probably Andrew it's Jackson. not as black and white as people want to say about him. <laughs> he was, know, he, was hard, he, he was a man of the people. Yeah. And the people, yeah. the elitists didn't it's like him. He got painted really bad. Yeah, Tarpus in twenty twenty. So sorry, Ms. Levitt. Go ahead. You no, go ahead. Sorry. Me off. <laughs> I know. I'm on like I, a every time I try to talk over me. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm I'm on like a delay. I think I'm like two second delay. Go ahead. He just he. Just, I was just saying it's it's not as black and white as people want to think it is. It's there's lots of grays in there about him and and like he was a man of the people. He was the first person that was like put into office that was a business person. It, yeah, was he bad? You know, racist stuff like that. Yes, he was. Um, a lot of them were. Um, but he he was like if you look at like like within just classes like he the elitists hated him. You know, because he wasn't educated. He was one of the first people that, you know, that was put into office, not as an, as I believe, not as a, um, a college educated elite um, schooled person. So there's some, you know, like I said, there's, it's, there's a lot of grades in history. I mean, you can say the same thing about Lincoln. There's a lot of gray about him. <laughs> For sure. As we found out on um, season one, episode one of The Good Place, Lincoln is the only U.S. president who's not in the bad place. <laughs> and, and um, ending and slavery know, is like, we always important. and when people die and are out of office, we always idolize them and we forget all right. the stuff we hated about them. Yeah, right. It's hard for us too, and it's it's I me. Mean, it's easy for us in 2020 to sit back and look at a president from 200 years ago and 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 say how how racist they were, said because we have, we have different standards. We're comparing it to today. Right, and that's and that's and that's not fair. We got a lot of other questions to get to. We're going to have to, have to table them for, for Friday. Your journal entry is about rights. Let's go over today's idiom, and then we got to get out of here. Um, today's idiom is bone of contention. I love this one. A bone of contention. Nice I even found yeah. myself using it yesterday. Bone yeah, of I'm contention. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Where did that come from? Yeah, so a, a, well, contention, yeah. by the way, is spelled C-O-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N. So C-O-N-T-E-N-T-I-O-N, a bone of contention. Well, the origin comes from, they think it comes from observing two dogs fighting over the same bone, contending contending over the same bone. Yeah, a bone of contention. So like a bone of contention means like the cause of an argument, like the point, a point where people disagree on something. Like I would say for me, a big bone of contention in my house is who is going to do the kids' baths or put them to bed? That's a big bone go. of contention between me and my wife. But things like you know, doing the dishes—that's not a bone of contention because that's like my job. You know, it's like so we don't we don't fight over that. That's like that's that's my job. But we have a big bone of contention over who's going to do the kids' baths 
or put them to bed. Uh, what do you think, Ms. Meyer? What are some bones of contention that you could think of? You know what? I can't believe this, but 10 years later, brushing her teeth in the morning is still a bone of contention <laughs> with Eden. Every single, and I think I probably brought this up before, but every single time she goes, but I'm going to eat later on. I'm like, I know that. That's why you brush in the morning to get over it. It's like this argument. It's like Groundhog Day with her over and over and over again. It's maddening. So it's a bone of contention in my house about brushing teeth in the morning. Why do kids, why do kids always, the things that like we take pleasure in, they resist, like <laughs> sleeping, <laughs> like, <laughs> sleeping, brushing teeth, like the things that like are, just, why do they like resist that? Such bones of contention. Love it. What's a, what's, what's one of your bones of contention? One of our bones of contention was um, sometimes with Mr. Lovett was taking the dog out at night, <laughs> early in the morning in the snow. <laughs> it was cold, <laughs> especially when she didn't want to go to the bathroom. I hear that. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and she, it, Do you still have in a dog later in life. What? Did you, no, you still have a dog? No, Laylee passed away in October. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes, I don't have one anymore. I'm sorry. So it's been a bone. That was always a bone of contention, especially in the wintertime with all the snow, about who's going to take her out and stand outside for 25 minutes with her because she refused to go to the bathroom when she hadn't gone to the bathroom in like 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jaffe, what's your bone of contention? Yeah, we have, it's, uh, it's, it's an ongoing with takeout. You know, I, I'd like to get takeout for dinner, for instance. And my wife says, you know, it's just a waste of money. Why we have plenty of food here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's where I like, can we get takeout tonight? And it's no. So that's it. We're, it's never ending. We're a big, we, I'm, we, we're a big we're takeout house. About twice a week. We, down, we, we do twice a week. That's, yeah, that's reasonable. And thank God for that. Yeah. We're a big takeout house. Now, our bone of contention is never whether to get takeout. It's like, where, what, what are we going to get? I always give like I 10 wish to I could live there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we probably, you know, probably twice a week. It's like the dishes pile up so much. Sometimes it's just a, it's, it's just a huge pile, and it's like I just don't feel like creating more dishes. So let's just let's just order right, out. I, right, and you have to like I so my wife is out of the house working, and I'm not, so it's sort of up to me to make dinner and it just takes all day to make it sometimes. Yeah. I, all right. So I, I want that break. That's your, there's your, there's your um, journal entry for today is on rights and just asking questions about your rights or what do you think about some of those rights ideas? Your idiom is bone of contention. That's if you're in period A and B, uh, if you're a post that today, if you're in C and D, you can use Friday's podcast. Friday, we'll hopefully get into some more of the student questions and just maybe I want to read some of the journal responses that some of the students have come up I with. I like some of the journal responses, Mr. McGowan. Is that good stuff? Yeah. The, you could tell yeah. the, two, the two that I put the on there. there you can they're tell, very well thought out. Yep. The, the, the two that I've copied onto the show notes so far, you could tell the two people, um, one, well, they'll say one is Alyssa and one is Yuri, that they both definitely put a lot of thought into it. And they were just very honest and very raw in some of their um, into some of their thoughts. And so I hope that just mm-hmm. for Alyssa Yuri and everyone else that's that's listening and kind of grappling with Monday's journal entry, just keep listening. 
like they they say God gave you two ears and one mouth because you should be listening twice as much as you speak. And I have to remind myself mm. about that sometimes too. Um, so this is a good time. Yeah, this is a good time to be listening and to try to hear different perspectives and kind of work it all through in your brain. And don't think that you have all the answers because none of us do. Don't think that you already know the answer and just look for things that, that make yourself make yourself feel better about what you think you already know. You know, be willing to, my biggest advice to students is be willing to change your mind, be willing to be open-minded. And that's what being an educated person really is about. You know, it's not mm-hmm. about like, it's not about knowing like facts and dates and it's about being able to listen and take in information and synthesize it all and then make up your own mind. Um, based upon the evidence and based upon your life experience and things like that. So there's my, there, there, there's my uh, rant of the day about what it means to be an educated person. Um, and having Mr. tolerance and understanding for differences and that you can have those differences without having hate. 100%. And that's exactly what the article I wrote yesterday, and I, I published it on Facebook, about, about you can have differences from people, but the hate, hate is killing us our hate of each other and our hate of the other people and hate of different people. It's, it's killing us. Be ed- an educated person listens. An educated person is open-minded. An educated person is tolerant of different mindsets. You might not like people's actions, but you can at least tolerate like their mindsets and have a discussion. Anyway, mm-hmm. we just, cre- we just ran through 70 minutes of just basically straight talk, which is you know one of the great form, great forms of why we can use a podcast. It's a great form of, of discussion. Uh, Mr. Jaffe, you're at two o'clock today for zoom tomorrow. Mom 11 and I will be on on at one o'clock tomorrow and we'll do it right afterwards. Um, I think Mr. Nadeau is having zoom today at one o'clock for periods B, C and D. Um, I already did my dad joke today. Mr. Jaffe roasted me. So we're going to skip that one. (laughs) Uh, work Work on all your work, do something good today and don't get caught. And we're going to play it out for Miss Le- Miss Mara heard this song the other day. We, we were cleaning out our rooms and <laughs> kind of, I thought this was a good song to kind of listen to and think about oh. the world we're in right now. So bye everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday. We'll see you tomorrow on the zoom. Bye guys. Imagine there's no heaven It's easy if you try No hell below us And above us is only sky Imagine all the people
nothing to kill or die for. No religion to imagine all the people living life for peace. You and you may say that I'm a dreamer, but I am not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us And the world will live as one Imagine no possessions I wonder if you can No need for greed or hunger Brotherhood of man Imagine all the people Sharing all the world You And you may say that I'm a dreamer But I'm not the only one Someday you'll join us And the world will live as one